welcome to another edition of Spotlight on Natural Resources. Here with me today is Abigail Garfalo, and she is an extension educator with Natural Resources, Environment, and Energy. Uh, today's topic, we're going to be talking about May Watts. Uh, how are you doing today, Abigail? I'm doing really well. I'm uh, not appreciating this cold weather, but spring is on its way, so. Well, that's what they're saying, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> not so sure about that. There's a lot of rain going on too. Only time will tell, I guess. <laughs> True. Well, hopefully we do get a little bit of a warm up soon. But uh, well, let's go ahead and get started with our topic today. Um, so, who was May Watts? Yeah. So um, May Thalagard Watts. Um, she was a naturalist in the mid 1900s, and she worked to help the public build a connection with nature through teachings, writings, and her art. And it's really cool. And I think she's super special to us as Illinoisans um, because she grew up in Illinois, and she, um, you know, her background was in formal education, teaching in Midlothian. She got her uh, bachelor's at the University of Chicago. Um, she actually was a student at the Art Institute of Chicago. So she has this really rich history of, of training and, and um, teaching in Illinois. Um, and she became, you know, transformed from a formal educator to um, this informal educator teaching um, people at garden clubs about local ecology, um, about gardening. And um, she became so well known that the Morton Arboretum um, invited her to, to teach classes in 1942. And so not only did she teach about botany, ecology, and geology, but she went beyond that to teach more um, skills and arts um, in gardening, nature literature, and creative writing. So she's just like this really cool naturalist um, that has her roots in Illinois. And um, I think that's really special. That's awesome. Uh, very, very interesting to hear uh, all of her history here. Um, so what impact did she have here in Illinois? So she was this pioneer and an advocate for environmental literacy. Um, she really showed her audiences that, you know, we can learn more about the landscape through art and observation. And a lot of people say, you know, she taught us how to, quote, read the landscape. So oftentimes we really get overwhelmed um, and caught up in the fact that we don't know the names of things um, or that, you know, it all just looks like green and nature. But um, you know, she wrote a few books and she uh, really showed us through her teachings and her and her writings that, you know, there's so much more than the plant name. And she was very knowledgeable about plant names um, and reading her books feel a little intimidating when it comes to names. But she goes so much further beyond that to talk about, you know, but here's why it grows here and here's how it impacted and here's how, you know, a landscape transforms over time. And so, um uh, I keep mentioning her books, so she has a few, um, and one of them I actually think almost everyone has had interaction with in grade school or um, one time or another, and that's those little um, like quarter books. They're called the tree finder booklets. Um, you know, maybe in a, a grade school project, you had to like identify these specific leaves, and you use the tree finder book to do that. It's basically a dichotomous key with with art, um, and so I just think that's so cool that you know a lot of people have have touched her artwork. Um, and then she has this amazing book called Reading the Landscape of America, which is more of a, a naturalist dream of like just learning about Midwestern ecology and, and um, its world. So through her work, she's really just worked to improve environmental literacy in Illinois and made um, ecology so much more accessible to everyone. So I think that's pretty neat. Well, that's really interesting, uh, especially with the uh, the little quarter books that you mentioned there. Uh, 
I would have never have uh, thought about that or anything that we would have that much interaction with uh, with such a huge influencer like that. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. And, um, you know, you see those books and you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, that's like a blast from my past, core memory or something. But it is, yeah. And then you're like, wow, this was like not just somebody or some company that decided this was important. This was, you know, a naturalist. Right. So, yeah. So that's so amazing. Uh, so, why is it important to have an environmentally literate society? Yeah, uh, so there's so many answers to that question, but I think it really boils down to the more you know, the more you care. Um, you're able to ask questions and answer and answer them either yourself or know the right questions to ask of people. Um, you know, if you don't, if you if you don't have the answers yourselves, and then you have a, a better understanding of of what. Uh, and a more informed way to uh, know what you should care about and what you can give your time to. Um, nature is everywhere. It impacts us, whether you live on, you know, a third story walk up or um, at a, on a rural farm in Illinois, it's, it's, it's impacts us all. And so having some kind of basis and knowing that, you know, there's a difference between plants and trees and, um, you know, the wildlife is interacting with that is really helps you make informed decisions about your everyday life. Yeah, that's, that's so interesting. And uh, some of our uh, recent recordings on here is just uh, amazing how much of the animals uh, tie in with, uh, you know, the, the plants and the trees and all of that. It's just, it's so amazing, almost mind blowing to an effect. Yeah, everything is so connected and it's um, really crazy to think about and often something I, I talk about with my master naturalists and, you know, you take one thing out, there's bound to be another impact somewhere else that you didn't think about. And that's something mm -hmm. I get questions a lot about in my work is, you know, why is my tree dying? And I'm like, well, where does it grow and what about it? And a lot of people forget about that in their own personal yards or something is that, you know, these, these plants, these trees are not just um, yard or ornaments they're growing living things that are impacted by um, other factors around them. And so, yeah, it really um, just shows us so much. So where can we learn more about Mae Watts? So many places, but she is kind of an Illinois niche. Um, and so she, um, the Morton Arboretum, because she taught there and she had such an influence on their education program, they have some really wonderful resource on their database. It's called Acorns, A-C-O-R-N-S. Um, that's like they, they, everything they have there is like tree themed, but their database Acorns um, has many of her original writings and uh, scannings of her, her original drawings. So you can go look and see like um, the art that she created and, and um, these scientific sketches. Very, very cool. Um, one of my favorite pieces where I can learn more about Mae Watts is actually um, WFMT is a local Chicago station, and they have this archived conversation with her in her Naperville home. It's really neat. It feels like you're being transported back in time, and you can really tell based on that conversation how skilled of an educator she was, and you feel that in this interview. So, Wow. Wow. <laughs> Just so, so many awesome resources right there. Yeah. Uh, where, where can we read May Watts' work? Yeah, so if you are um, a naturalist or you're just looking to like understand the world a little bit more and you like um, what you hear about her philosophies, Reading the Landscape of America is a really wonderful book that she wrote that she's actually um, gone back and added to over time. Um, so she's written two versions of it. 
Um, one in which she does these original landscaping um, kind of readings and talks about the ecology of spaces that you may very well be familiar with, like Indiana Dunes. Um, so that's really cool. But then she also does a second version where she has those original chapters, chapters and then she goes back and revisits those spaces 20 years later and talk about how they've changed. So that one's really cool. Um, you can also visit the Arboretum Library, the Morton Arboretum Library itself, um, and see some of her original works there as well. But like I said, the, the digital versions um, are really great too. Um, and then I encourage you to find one of those tree finder books, um, maybe at a local library, maybe dig it out of your <laughs> the back of your bookshelf because you might even have it. Um, if not, order it online um, and go and and you see how she did this dichotomous key. It's a really accessible way to identify trees. It's a really fun way to learn about them um, and see like, oh, there is a difference between branching or the way the, the edges of the leaves are shaped and things like that. Um, and it's just a fun way to interact with her work. Wow. Wow. That's this may sounds so amazing. And thank you, Abigail, so much for educating us on May Watts and her work there. Uh, truly, uh, sounds like, she sounds like an amazing individual there. Yeah. So cool. And, um, always happy to chat about uh, a fellow naturalist. So. Well, that's awesome. And that concludes this month's edition of spotlight on natural resources. Uh, thank you for listening and have a wonderful day. Mm -hmm.